Power 98.7 Podcast. Power Lunch. Weekdays, 1 to 3 p.m. on Power 98.7. Now, we're talking. We are indeed 26 minutes before 2 o'clock. It is a Tuesday and it's time for our Personal Finance Tuesdays. Gerald Mwandi Mbira joining us on the line this time around. He's a certified financial planner. Uh, Gerald, hello and welcome. Good afternoon, Apeleli, and good afternoon to the Power FM listeners. Uh, I was looking forward to my hug today, but uh, I was <laughs> <laughs> I was told that we'll be speaking to you over the phone. So, virtual hug to you. Virtual hug to you, Apeleli. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm at a financial planning convention, so I'm with my peers ah. for today, but I will be back in studio next week. All righty then, but let's get straight to it. We're talking about a mid-year personal financial review. Uh, what is the importance of something like this? Essentially... What a mid-year financial planning review is, is really looking at yourself and how you have progressed in terms of meeting your goals and aspirations for the year. So it's not quite like your New Year's resolution. This is around your financial planning. Now, in order to do this mid-year financial plan, you obviously need to have had one at the beginning of the year. But it's not a bad time to start looking and planning ahead. Right, right. Uh, So so if someone perhaps had started off on a good uh, footing at the beginning of the year, because, you know, when we start the year, we're all geared up and we have our best attitude and we think we're going to do the best that we can, but have somehow fallen off as time goes by. It's never too late to tidy things up, right? Indeed, it's never too late. I think the the reason why you do a review such as this is because life is a journey and everything about your life is changing. So, for example, if you've had a child through this year, you may need to look at your risk cover and consider how that has affected your financial planning position. Mm -hmm. And also, if you have a scenario where, for example, you know, um, family members who you had as beneficiaries are no longer available, you need to change that. One of the biggest things you find is that most people don't change beneficiaries. Yeah. So often when an untimely accident happens, most people who are holding employer um, provident or not provident fund or life or risk cover, yeah. They can't find the beneficiaries. So it's important just to always reflect. Mm -hmm. And it's also important that if you do have a financial planning professional who's not calling you at least once a year, you need to review that as well. Yeah, yeah. But how do we, I suppose, make adjustments where economic difficulties come into play? You know, if, if we're seeing that, you know, times are just getting tougher and tougher, the rand has slipped and all of that, how do we make sure that, you know, we, we adjust accordingly when it comes to our plans? I think we need to really start being a bit more frugal. Um, one of the presentations... Really? Really? <laughs> really frugal. Okay. <laughs> um, now, in terms of... The picture. I saw a presentation this morning by a leading economist, and it showed that, for example, with government employees, they've had almost a 100% salary increment in the last six to seven years. What's been happening is that all of us are guilty of simply adjusting our standard of living upwards when we receive money. Mm-hmm. When things are looking a bit tough, we're finding it a lot more difficult to, to lower our expectations. And I think we need to start going back to basics in terms of identifying what are the things we need versus what are the things which we really want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are talking about your mid-year personal financial review. If you would like to also be part of the conversation, you can give us a call on 0861 You can tweet at parfim987 and tweet at Miss Apelele. 
careful planning is essential. Uh, but are you making sure that you're doing what's right as far as your finances are concerned? How far are you in terms of what you had originally planned at the beginning of the year? And maybe you need some tips as to how you can tidy things up if there was uh, somehow, some way, uh, a mess as far as your finances are concerned. Uh, now back to you, uh, uh, Gerald. And let's talk now about uh, documentation as far as your finances are concerned. Um, you, you spoke briefly about beneficiaries and, and uh, wills and all those healthcare things and, and power of attorney. Let's talk about, about that and the importance of adjusting things. I think it's important because often what happens is in life we're also having relationships and sometimes these relationships do break down. Mm -hmm. So often sometimes when we have taken surety for someone who's not no longer in your life, a lot of a lot of young ladies end up as surety for their boyfriends while things are good, everything's rosy in the future you wouldn't pick it up unless you had a review like this in the middle of the year and you pick up all your documents and say, who are all my beneficiaries? Um, Who have I signed surety for? Because you can actually go back to that institution and say, look, I no longer have a relationship with this person. Mm. Therefore, I can no longer be surety for their death. And Mm. therefore, I need to find a replacement surety. I think it's important because a lot of us get then caught up um, with contractual issues when things go wrong and you get calls from debt collectors because XY has stopped paying his bills. You're like, but I haven't seen XY in four years. Mm. That's very important. And yeah. that's why even things like power of attorney, yeah. it's a very powerful document, but often because we are on life's journey in our relationships, we can't divorce our finances. It sometimes is necessary to also look at the documentation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and when it comes to, I mean, you're talking about um, the power of attorney, healthcare proxies and all of those kinds of things, taking stock of one's investments. How does one actually go about doing a review of, of their personal finances? Well, this is the easy part because oh, if, you go to, if you go to a financial planning professional, all uh-huh. you need to do is sign a consent form. Okay. And then there's a special system which they just log on to, enter your ID number. And every single policy, every single financial contract you have is listed on there. And from there, you can pick up the things which need review. You can also know your financial position in terms of the values of things you have. A lot of the time, we just look on the negative of what bad things must I change. But it's also important to see, are your investments growing? Mm. If they're not growing, is it time to take action? What action needs to be taken? So this is the kind of thing we ought to be doing regularly, at least once a year, preferably twice a year. Yeah. The most important questions that we should be asking ourselves uh, around our finances and how well we're doing and maybe some adjustments that need to be made here and there are what exactly? What, what, what questions, serious questions should we be asking ourselves around this time of year? Firstly, for example, if you have a retirement annuity, you must realize that when you take out that product, you normally set a goal for yourself in terms of the income you expect. And normally you match it to your current income at that time. Mm -hmm. If you've had an increment or you want to now have more when you retire, that's one of the things you need to definitely look at adjusting. Also, you must realize that um, the value of the rand changes all the time. So if you are saving for an education policy, which was for your child to maybe be schooled overseas or have that option, you need to also then review that kind of contract in terms of understanding how the RAND has performed and what you may need to do yeah. um, to review that. Same thing with your life cover. Um, 
I believe that as we get older and wiser, our lives become more important to us. So yeah. we need to also adjust that upwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and obviously uh, there's the car insurance. Oh, okay. Let's go into that as well. Car insurance is important because often your car is a depreciating asset. So it's yeah. losing value all the time. Are you adequately insured? in terms of just the replacement value. In most instances, especially when it comes to cars, people can sometimes find themselves um, significantly overinsured. Although the, the, the manufacturers will tell you that car parts are expensive, the rand is devalued, mm. in some instances you do need to adjust that kind of cover or premium downwards. Yeah. 0861987000, that's the power line for you too to be part of the conversation. You can tweet at Python987 and tweet at Miss Apelele. It's Personal Finance Tuesdays, how to do a mid-year review on your finances. And you can also email apelele at pyfm.co.za. Certified Financial Planner Gerald Mwandiambi joining us on the line. Questions you might have, comments you might have to contribute to the conversation are most welcome. 0861987000. In a piece that uh, you have written, Gerald, you say that when are you most likely to check on your investments? Is it when you are doing well or is it when the markets are down or is it when you're feeling anxious? What is usually uh, the response most of us have to that? I think we tend to start believing the media okay. <laughs> and acting according to the media. But the media is often after the fact has happened. Yeah. What we ought to be doing is really having a regular schedule of just looking at things and understanding. Mm. Remember, even if the markets are performing particularly badly right now, if your goal is five to ten years from now, don't worry about it. Just leave it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's important to know what's going on. Obviously, if it keeps happening for a year or two, then maybe you really need to worry about it. But a lot of the time, we make knee-jerk reactions because of the news which is around us. A mm-hmm. lot of people send money abroad and invest in offshore um, yeah. units, trusts, etc., because they're running away from the rand, and then the rand gets stronger again. Do they bring it back? Mm-hmm. But there's costs to all these transactions. Yeah. So it's important that we always maintain our goal and our viewpoint and not necessarily always be distracted by the media. Yeah, yeah. And and when it comes to us putting our money in, in you know, investment things and all of that, do you do you find that a lot of the time it's not well thought out? A lot of the time it's it's an emotional uh, decision and, and we haven't really taken the time to investigate what it is that we're, we're putting ourselves into? I think, yes, if you don't have somebody who's advising you, you are obviously acting on your own knowledge and your own emotions. So, yes, you you do sometimes find that individuals acting on their own sometimes fail Mm. because of lack of counsel. Mm. But obviously, some people who are well-versed, for example, if you are somebody who's an investment professional, you don't necessarily need advice around investments, but you'll need advice around planning your will, um, your deceased estate. Things like wills are very important. You know, yeah. many of us don't have a will. Yeah. And the reason why you have a will is not necessarily for your money, Apelele. Yeah. It's about your children. Mm. Because if you do not have a will, the law just decides who your children go to and who your assets which are remaining go to. Yeah. So it's important. The will is not for the money. It's for who looks after your children, etc. Right, right. And these are things which we often overlook because yeah. we say, I'll get a will when I've got assets. Mm. It's not. You get a will the moment you know you're pregnant, who's going to be the guardian to that child. Right, right. Victor is joining the conversation from Pretoria. Hi, Vic. Hi, hi. How are you? Well, Lele? how are you, Vic? Good, good. <laughs> uh, I have a question for guest. Hi, <laughs> and the other hi, side. Victor. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot his name. Gerald. Um, 
Oh, yes. Uh, I want to know, is it wise to consolidate our debts? And mm. if yes or no, what are the advantage and disadvantage? Because, I mean, uh, things are going up every day, interest rates going up, our salaries taking where they are. Yeah. I just need to find out more. If I consolidate, I'll be able to save a little bit more mm. and be able mm. to close there and there. But is it wise to right. do so? Brilliant and, question. When it comes Richard, when it comes to debt, there are various strategies you need to consider. Debt consolidation is not a bad idea. You need to first look at all your debts, the average interest rate, and see if it's worth consolidating. In some instances, it's easier to pay off certain debts before other debts. Yeah. And in some instances, if you have a home loan, for example, and have an access bond, mm-hmm. you can take all that debt and rather leverage it on your home loan, that's if you have equity, and that allows you to lock into the lowest interest rate you have. Because in most instances, for most people, the lowest interest rate they're paying is on their home loan. So if you do qualify for an access bond, it's often not a bad idea to consolidate your debt into there. But obviously, you need to be responsible because many people fall into the trap of them using their home loan as an ATM and never finishing it. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Are you you satisfied with the response, Victor? Yes, I am. All right. Let me thank you for your time. Thank you for the call. 0861987000 is the number for you to also be a part of the conversation. We are talking about a mid-year personal financial review with uh, Gerald Mwandiambira. Let's maybe talk about uh, the, the... the very big present, um, I suppose, worry or concern that most of us have where debt is concerned. Um, a lot of us are afraid to make, I suppose, financial commitments because uh, of our debts. You know, we uh, don't want to start saving, for instance. I remember the last time we were talking, uh, a caller raised the question of saying, is it wise to start saving when you know that you have a lot of debt? You know, is it better to just make sure that you're solving the debt first and then perhaps you can carry on and, and, and do your savings and maybe do the investments and all of that? Let's talk about that a little bit, Gerald. Your greatest asset in the world is your income at the moment. If you haven't got lots of property and investments, for most people, their greatest asset is simply their cash flow and income. Now, if your income should stop, what are you going to rely on? Mm. Are you going to rely on your savings or are you going to rely on your debt? It's as simple as that. Savings must always happen all the time because savings are a form of income replacement should anything unplanned happen. So, yes, debt is a big priority you should get out of your life, Mm. but equally important is saving for that rainy day because, you know, people lose jobs all the time, people fall ill. Mm. Are you adequately covered on that side as well? Because you need to protect your income. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Peter, how are you, Peter? Good afternoon, how are you? Good, thank you. Uh, Just a few questions. Uh, Gerald talked about... uh, the importance of uh, reviewing things like your surety ships, media, natural golf. Is that rather not too late? Because quite frankly, if I stand surety for somebody at a bank, uh, whether my relationship breaks or not, quite frankly, the bank couldn't care. So it's actually at the point whether I really want and I have to be able to say, <coughs> if things go badly, Will I still want to send surety? In which case, mm. at that stage, you trust mm. it properly at the time 
This surety only stands on condition one, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. The bank is going to, to turn around and say, because I no longer have a relationship with you, yeah. the surety doesn't stand. The other thing was on the question of us. Gerald mentioned something about reviewing the life cover upwards mm-hmm. as you get older. Yeah. Is it interestingly not the other way around? That is, you get older, <laughs> your investments should go up, yeah. your life cover should go down, yeah. because you're never, you are never going to live on your life cover. Uh, very, very good questions there. Thank you so much, uh, Peter. Peter's on the road, as uh, you can hear, okay. Gerald. Um, so, so the question of surety. Let's let's uh, perhaps get into that first. Indeed, surety is something we all take very lightly. We just think do we're we? signing for it. This person is never going to dismiss a payment yeah. until they do, and it becomes a serious problem for you. Yeah. Peter is indeed right. We shouldn't be taking surety on anyone unless it's somebody who we are related to by blood or or even someone we, 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 who is financially dependent on you. Surety is a heavy thing yeah. because often even when you apply for your bond, they ask you, have you stood surety for someone? Mm-hmm. And even though that person may not have defaulted, they deduct that amount you're standing surety for from your own life. Wow. So that is very important. So Peter is on the ball, yes. Often the bank will not necessarily even want to change surety because remember, it's the person who made the application to say, okay, I want to switch surety and the bank needs to be happy with the, uh, the person who's being replaced because um, often they did an ITC check on both of you. Mm-hmm. So surety indeed, as Peter said, is something that is very important. Yeah. With life cover, what I was speaking about is really around the fact that most of the audience or most of um, our listeners probably are in the upward stages of their lives where they're having children, etc. Mm-hmm. At which point it is important to adequately review your life cover because with the more children you have, the more education you need to cover and provide for and prepare for. Yeah. As you get older and reach towards retirement, yes, you would need to start reviewing your cover in terms of if I die, I, I don't have as many financial dependencies on me. Mm-hmm. I don't need as much life cover. Yeah. But in most instances, because of inflation, because we acquire children and assets which increase in value over time, yeah. To replace them, sometimes our life cover needs to increase over time. Mm, mm. Uh, are you are you satisfied with the response, Peter? Or do you want to have a follow up question? No, I'm I'm actually fine. Even with the covered uh, and casualty, that you've got to move. The the point I was making, even about sureties, mm-hmm. you actually have to. You can actually be clear at the time you stand sure to say yeah. the surety. I'm only prepared to stand for surety for 18 months. I'm only prepared to stand surety for as long as this person is employed by me, after which, because then you are in control of that, your destiny in the event something happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm saying, when you enter into surety, be clear on the word, be clear what you are prepared Quite for. Quite true. Quite true. Because when things change, as Gerald said, the banks might not be interested in yeah. changing because you might actually be the stronger financial. Mm, mm, mm.
quite true. Anyway, quite true. A, a very strong word of caution there from Peter. I think that's uh, the crux of what he's saying uh, with regards to that. Thank you so much for that call on 0861 uh, About six and a half minutes before two o'clock, we're still in conversation with Gerald Mwandiambira for our Personal Finance Tuesdays. Uh, you, you talk a lot, uh, Gerald, about the protection of one's income. Uh, and and the saving of tax efficiently. Do you want to get? We I definitely want to get clarity on that. Do you want to clarify a little bit more? Yes, in terms of protection of one's income, it's 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 one of those things where we we often neglect the fact that we can be disabled, we can have an accident, or we can mm. fall ill for a number of months. Yeah, and we need to have adequate um, financial cover in those events yeah. and there are specific solutions out on the market which are there mm. i think most of us assume that we will live healthy and strong forever mm. but disability accidents happen and you hear of people who were sick for a lengthy period of time mm. and that is important for us to, to 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 do that and also sometimes you have an accident and you're temporarily unable to work so you're not necessarily disabled but you can't walk properly or you can't see properly mm. and for those months you may need something to help you to protect your primary asset, which is your income, because your bills don't respect anything else. They just go along with time. So you can't go and tell your your creditors long stories. You Mm. need to have a plan in place. Yeah, yeah. And the saving of tax efficiently, exactly what do you mean by that? Saving of tax efficiently is that, yes, all of us have a marginal tax rate and we are obligated to pay tax. However, there are ways in which you can legally avoid paying tax and keep the money saved for yourself. And one of those vehicles which many people use is what they call a retirement annuity. A retirement annuity is basically a voluntary pension. And while you're putting money in there, you can put up to 1.2 million or 27 percent or a maximum of 1.2 million or 27 percent of your of your. Um, retirement income, mm-hmm. and that enables you to simply, instead of paying tax now on that money, you can allow it to grow. And yes, when you retire, you may have to pay tax then, but your money will have had the chance to grow. Thank it's you. all about looking and managing your cash flows mm-hmm. in terms of your tax obligations. And that's why we say look, sit, sit with someone so that you pay the least tax you have to pay yeah. and you get the most growth you can get mm-hmm. from your investments. Lovely. Kabelo uh, Muremi tweeting saying, please, Gerald, uh, what is the difference between a beneficiary form and will and how one can supersede the other? Okay. A will is basically a legal document which is respected by the law and will be enforced at all times according to your wishes. Mm -hmm. A beneficiary form is often different. A beneficiary form is often in a pension fund, for example, or a group life policy. Mm -hmm. And the pension fund does not actually belong to you. It belongs to the trustees of the fund who often honor the requests of the beneficiary form. Right. However, in instances, for example, where other children are pop up or there's, there's financial dependence by other people who might not be on your beneficiary form, they can advise the trustees and the trustees will honor it. Mm. So essentially a pension fund, a provident fund or an RA are not, don't fall within the bounds of your estate. Okay. They, they basically stand independently and the beneficiary form or the decision of the trustees is what informs that decision. Gotcha. So sometimes you may not have someone you like 
uh, but they have a financial dependence on you. If they can demonstrate this to the trustees, then they also will get their fair share. And obviously, we had a famous footballer who passed on. We had multiple children. And they, the way it works is that the younger child actually gets more financial dependence because they're younger. Yeah. Uh, whether you, whether it was your decision or not mm. is irrelevant. That's just around pension and provident funds and, and RAs. Otherwise, mm. in all other assets which are part of your estate, your will is final. I see. So people who want to follow your movements, uh, Gerald, how can they get in touch with you? It's at M-R-G-E-E-Z-O, at M-R-G-E-E-Z-O, or simply ask Gerald.co.za. It's halfway through the year. If you don't have your financial doctor, let's make a plan. Let's make a plan. Always good. Always good. Take care. Thank you very much, Apaleri. All righty then. Certified financial planner, Gerald Mwandiambira, talking to us about a mid-year personal financial review. Ish, a lot to think about, a lot to chew on. It's exactly two minutes now before two o'clock.